The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is Tuesday, September 29th. It is good to be here. Uh, interesting day, interesting night, debate tonight. That means my morning will be rough tomorrow because uh, I don't know. You know, usually these things I watch the next morning. About uh, three in the morning when I get up, I'll put it on while I'm while I'm working. Um, but I I don't think I can. I think I'm going to have to watch it. Um, unfortunately, but I suspect that I'll get really annoyed at some point in time at one thing or another, and I'll probably say, for the sake of me being able to sleep at all, I'm going to stop watching, and I will probably go to bed, and Yvonne will finish. Anyway, is it going to have an impact on the markets? I doubt it. Uh, very unlikely for that to happen unless, of course, there is something dramatic. Um, you know, it, it is so obvious, something so obvious as if uh, so obvious example would be that uh, Joe Biden is not going to be president or can't be president. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, that would be a positive for the market. Uh, there could also be a positive uh, situation where there's no way President Trump's going to get reelected because, I mean, obviously, that's what you're going to hear from the left. You're going to hear what I said first uh, on the right. So you're not going to really know. You're going to have to decide from yourself. But uh, whatever is perceived on Wall Street, if it's perceived that that Biden was just magnificent, is going to be an incredible president, uh, that would be negative for the markets. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's going to have any impact at all, to be honest with you. So we'll watch. Uh, if you listen to my podcast this morning on the website, uh, take a good listen to what I said about today and the rest of the week of the market and uh, how you should react. Let's not get too excited over the little bit of a run-up. Uh, I think it was... You know, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to last. It's not, don't take this position. Hey, I got to hurry up and rush in the market. Well, as I said, tonight is the night that we are going to see President Trump and, and uh, Vice President Biden squaring off for the first time, maybe the last, in a presidential debate. I don't know if there needs to be another presidential debate after this because simply for the fact that, that you know, a million people or so have already voted. A million people or so. So those voters never get a chance to change their vote if they see something just horrendous. They've already voted. This, is, this whole system uh, that is horrible. And, you know, the second debate, it's even going to be worse. Even more people will have already voted. Millions. Uh, I think that the voting process is so damaged 
that I don't know that we'll ever recover from it. Think of what could happen. We could see a presidency that is not anything anybody wanted or expected because of this horrifying system that we have. Now, there are many people saying, I'm beginning to get in the camp, that maybe we should have postponed elections because of COVID altogether until everybody could get to the polls. I think that might have been a better scenario. Of course, you know, the left would have never stand for that. You know, the First Amendment, as we think about more government, the First Amendment in the Constitution in the United States guarantees freedoms concerning religion, expression, assembly, just to name a few. It actually forbids Congress, forbids Congress from both promoting one religion over others, and it also forbids them to restrict any individual's religious practices. So with that in mind, from a constitutional perspective, what are they going to question Judge Barrett on as they go through this confirmation process if Lindsey Graham can get anything going? He is on our team, I've heard. Judge, they have no right to ask Judge Barrett to explain her religious or her convictions pertaining to, uh, pertaining to it. If we were to argue the Democrats questioning uh, her were allowing their far left ideology to enter into their questioning, they would just go ballistic on that. They would go into this long tirade of how wrong that is. But is it in fact what they are doing? And at the very same time, they're expecting her not to have any kind of um, rational thinking that her character has been developed through her religious beliefs. They're going to question her when we can't dare question them on their convictions and how that, that frames everything that they seem to make a decision about. I don't know how in the world we've gotten to this place. We're so far from the truth today. Do you remember during the first term of uh, Bill Clinton's administration, during the second term reelection, the media had decided that character didn't matter and everything was about the lack of, you know, no need for character. Character shouldn't be considered as a prerequisite for hiring a president. Do you remember that? How did we get this far? How did lying, cheating, deception, corruption, um, disseminating inaccuracy in our news media become so acceptable, so ideological that the the indoctrination of our school children the disunity, the disdain for people with opposite views, the love of communism, socialism, Marxism, and the loss of the ability to decipher the fact that everything free means everything is taxed. And everything is going to have the long arm of the government's social control over everything and everybody. They can't decipher that. They can't recognize that. 
Now, with the exception of maybe the farm belt, America has lost even its common sense. With that in mind, I have the nerve to ask that we watch all that is going on around us in this highly politically charged environment. Could we try to exercise some God-given discernment and common sense? Could we try? But again, I don't know if we even know where to begin to try. It is critical if we want to keep and save the America that we know and love. We are going to have to instill in others, decipher for ourselves, begin to exercise this God-given common sense, and hopefully enough people can find it. It would appear as though more and more are finding that. We know, and I've said this so many times in the last couple of weeks, we know that only God can save America. We know that. And one of the ways that God has to save America is his instruments here on earth. Us. We better, if we have never put any feet to our faith before, we better do it now. It is up to God. It is up to his people to save America. I'll be back right after this. Six ten three six three eleven ten. Well, we have we do have Shanna with us here um, for this first hour, so we appreciate Shanna Burt being with us, and uh, so many of you getting to know Shanna. I appreciate the comments that you've given. I haven't heard the negative ones. People always hold off on those, but the mo- so all the ones I hear, Shanna have been very positive. But you know how that goes. But you know. Um, it is, it is good to hear it. It's very encouraging. I sure do appreciate it. You know, let me just reiterate something that I've said before as, you, as uh, Shanna joins us uh, on a, a semi-regular basis here, um, that there's probably nobody out there that knows me and my system more than Shanna. Um, we have been uh, over five years um, uh, mentoring and going through some of, some of the things that we do and why we do it. And um, that continues to be elevated uh, as as the as time goes on here of what we do um, share and talk about. So it is it is great to um, have somebody here with us that is about as evenly yoked as we can get in an understanding of what we have and what we do and why we do it and how we do it. So uh, it is a blessing right. to have Shanna. It's great to be here. I'm so, it's such a blessing to me to have found someone who is so equally yoked and what I believe about investing and um, authority and the Lord and, and all of those things. And so I'm just, I'm yeah. grateful to be here and grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. I, I remember um, this is one of those events, Shanna being one of those people that many years ago was convicted about being biblically responsible as she heard me after she 
you know, thought I was a kook of some sort probably, but um, <laughs> coming to the realization that, holy mackerel, what am I doing? And it reminded me of me when I came to that. Now, I didn't come to that by hearing somebody. There wasn't that many people out there doing it. When I came to that, I came to that reality about two years into my walk, realizing that, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I forget what the event was, but something happened that was in reference to funding Planned Parenthood. And I, and I was thinking, and, and it had to do with a big corporation. I'm thinking, wow. I own stock in that company. I, I do personally, and so do so many of my clients at the time. And um, I said, this isn't, I, you know, I, I was a baby Christian, but I knew it didn't, you know, it didn't add up, and it wasn't right. And um, that's when I became this uh, advocate, making some very radical moves in portfolios uh, of course, I owned a trust company. I had full discretion over everything. I didn't ask people what uh, if they cared what I uh, invested in or what I was doing. You know, they I took their input, but I ninety percent of the time didn't pay any attention to it. Um, you know, so I had the opportunity to just do whatever I thought was best for that for that person. So I didn't have to ask permission. And and after a couple of years, we had fully uh, everybody uh, about. At that time, I guess it was eight to nine hundred million dollars, all biblically responsible. And if I told you how I did it and what I had to do, you would ne- you would think it was the dumbest thing in the world um, that I did that because I had to get rid of international and emerging markets, which were big parts of portfolios, because I didn't have any way of vetting that. We do now, but I didn't then. You know, technology wasn't what it was like. So um, it, we've gone through a lot of changes in those areas. That is for sure, all for the good. And I think we're getting more and more acceptance to it, um, which is very, very good and all for the good. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is due to the work that that you do here in the ministry and that Timothy does, mm. because I had been in the business for, you know, 13 or 14 years when I stumbled across your program one day. And at that time, I'd been a Christian for a long time. I'd, I'd been in the business for a long time, but I had never even heard of biblically responsible investing. And, you know, I think that's the awareness is just so much more now. It is. The awareness is so, so uh, strong. And, you know, I, I know, uh, Shanna, you were with with us up on Wall Street when we rang the bell for Timothy ETFs. And I can assure everybody, I can assure everybody that that was a historical moment. And what I mean by that is, um, I don't want, I was going to say 10 years ago, but I would say five years before that, that would not have been a, that would not have ever even been considered. And I can remember years and years of um, sitting, I was on an ethics committee for the uh, SEC for five years. And I remember all those years uh, talking about biblical, I mean, it was just like I was talking about uh, voodoo or something. And it is, uh, same with the Wall Street Journal. You know, I remember talking to the Wall Street Journal about charitable gift annuities, how important it is, and all those kinds of things, and different are never would even contemplate doing it. And in 2008, it all kind of broke open um, when they saw a billion dollars go into charitable gift annuities, and then uh, they, they got looser and looser about biblically responsible investing and writing articles and publishing some articles, so on and so forth. It's been, it's been amazing. And um, it's really... I, I don't know if God has used our ministry for that, uh, probably very, very little, if at all. 
But regardless of how it's all transpired, um, it has gotten to a place. I mean, I'm thankful that along with Art Alley and Timothy, that I, I, I consider myself one of the pioneers of that, though I was flying under the radar, as I still do, and I still love to fly under the radar. It's my favorite place to be. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't need any of that then. I, didn't, I don't need it now. But it is nice to know that uh, I was one of the pioneers out there, and there were a few others like me that, that flew under the radar. But... Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's amazing to see how it's come and so many people now and hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, billions of dollars that are being invested in biblically responsible investing. It's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, to it's, see. A, it's a great thing to be able to be an example and to be able to share this information with people, but mm. to really remember that it's the Lord that goes before, before us, because I was in a season in my life where God was really uh, on me to start to stop compartmentalizing my faith and you know um, in in bringing my faith into my business and into every area of my life which he wants us to do into our finances and everything else mm. and you know he had really prepared my heart for that day that I stumbled across your program and you know my ears were open and my heart was receptive yeah that's, and it's just amazing. And, uh, it's been such a blessing. It's been a blessing for me because we have people too, that don't want to be, uh, want to be, uh, they, they love, they love me. They love the program. They love what we do. Uh, I hope that they benefited from it and got educated by it and will support the ministry in some way, shape or form. But, you know, um, they don't want to invest their money. You know, and they'd rather somebody else doing it. It's nice that there's somebody out there that uh, is doing it. And I know there's others too. I just don't, don't uh, have, a, um, uh, I haven't had opportunities to vet and to really go through. And I don't know if I ever get that time. But anyway, uh, it has really been a good thing. And uh, by the way, Shanna is a registered uh, investment advisor, so she has to she has to answer to a um, community of compliance, which, uh, if anybody has done anything, whether it's in the medical profession or any other profession that has to deal with, uh, compliance, my sister-in-law is a compliance officer for a large biotech firm. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's never fun. It's never fun. That is for sure. So tell us about what you've got to say, go ahead and say it. <laughs> I just have to say that securities are offered through GA Ruppel and Company, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor and member of FINRA and SIPC. And that's something that Shanna has to say and let everybody know for compliance. Nothing wrong with it, but just have to have to get that in there. All right. Well, Dow futures all in negative territory right now, not reacting much to yesterday. Of course, the Dow booked about a 410 point gain uh, yesterday. So, you know, anytime we see any indice up over 1%, uh, that's a good, that's a really good thing. And, you know, so the Dow ended up up one and a half percent, the S&P finished up about 1.6 and then NASDAQ almost made it to, uh, the NASDAQ almost made it to 2% higher. So very, very good day yesterday and everyone, and here's what I like about it. When, when we look at that, um, that, that uptick, in the market, we saw uh, energy companies, banks, technology companies, industrials, 
uh, all all moving financials, financial stocks had a very good day. So it was a very broad-based rally. Uh, some of the consumer staples didn't participate. Uh, that is, believe it or not, a good thing that they didn't participate. They tend to be more of a safety play. So it means that there may have been yesterday at least the idea that a little risk is on. And so we're not going to move, we're not going to be moving a lot of money into consumer staples and utilities and, and some uh, bonds and those kinds of things. So they didn't participate, but that's a good thing. It was very broad based. Wasn't a lot of volume. It was moderate volume. Wasn't real heavy uh, throughout the day. So uh, it stayed pretty moderate, but it was broad based. That's good. Today, seem, uh, it, it would appear as though things are potentially going to reverse uh, a little bit. Oil is down 2% this morning, and oil sitting at 39.82. We had a little bit of rally yesterday in the energy stocks, and uh, a lot of people have been asking me about energy, and nobody's been asking me more questions about energy than I have been asking myself. And uh, it, I have done more analytics on energy than I have since, I think, 2008 and nine. Uh, it's the last time I did this much. Um, so it is uh, pretty interesting, and, and, and uh, I, won't, I won't talk about anything specific, but I did say on my, on my uh, podcast, if you are a partner of the ministry and you heard my podcast this morning, I did talk about some uh, one sector in particular that I am looking at uh, totally new areas uh, that are going to last that 20, 30 years into the future. And I am doing some analytics and I'm breaking one of my rules. One of my rules is that I don't put a stock on my list. And I'm talking about my broad list. I don't put a stock once I decide to do analytics on it. Um, so I decide to do analytics on a stock. The very first thing I do is check to see if it's biblically responsible. If it is, I will continue those analytics. But it takes me six quarters. I've always been in a six-quarter mode before I make a decision. And I've got to examine six quarters of, of um, financials and positions and on and on. So um, I'm breaking that rule a little bit right now with some stocks. And hopefully it won't come back to honest. So lots of things happening. Uh, on my end of things. We'll be right back right after this. Okay, so uh, everything opened in negative territory, the three major indices, but then Russell 2000 small cap stocks up 2.5% at the open this morning. So, Looks like a little bit of uh, a move into small caps. Everything is uh, flatlined. All the indices are flatlined. I say they're negative. It, it really, they're really on the flatline. Uh, they, they just, uh, it's just red, so I say negative. But when I look at it, I see it's so fractional that it's practically nothing. I mean, just they can, it looks like they're going to start at the morning here going between positive and negative and uh, all that. So, 
just, uh, and I suspect it's probably more low volume. Uh, Pelosi and Mnuchin are set to talk again. Democrats released a 2.2 million coronavirus stimulus bill. That is still way over what a lot of uh, Republicans want to approve. I don't know where that's going to end up. Uh, I think it may be very difficult to get a deal uh, before before the election. And frankly, you know, it's really hard to justify it, in my opinion. You know, when we look at the numbers in the economy, things are really good. We have some great things going on right now in the economy. Uh, a report coming out, and then I'm going to get to phones, but reports coming out from, um, there was a report in the Wall Street Journal, uh, U.S. family income and wealth rose in the years headed up to the coronavirus. So every three years, uh, BLS and others do a report about this very thing. So this is the three. So from 2016 to 2019, uh, income and wealth rose every year. With those in low-income situations, uh, they, their income still rose and, and reaping relatively large gains from, according to the Federal Reserve that is doing the lion's share of this report. Household finances were far better uh, before corona than they were na- than they are right now, and that is happened every three years. The Federal Reserve is crediting a 2.5% GDP growth through those three years, having a whole lot to do that do with that. And the average wealth rose 18% from 2016 to 121,700. 18%. I want you to keep in mind as you listen to the debates. I want you to keep, these are facts. See, these aren't These aren't any kind of assumptions or talking points. I want you to keep in mind, wealth rose 18%. Regardless of what is said during the debate, it was 18%. Regardless of all the things that Biden might use to dispute that, that's what the facts are. And it's because unemployment was down so dramatically, particularly among the African-American community every single year. That wealth rose because of the state of the economy. The only thing that Biden can say, which is even more ridiculous than disputing the numbers, would be that, well, that's because of Obama. That is ridiculous. Why? Because the poverty rate went up every year. President Obama and Joe Biden were in office every year. Wages went down. Dependency on government food stamps, disability benefits, rose every single quarter they were in office. Did you hear me? Every single quarter. Part-time unemployment was at a record high. Wages still hadn't gone up. Not once, 16 years. So that would go back before Obama's time. This is some very important facts. And... I am probably the only one that is laying this out for you today. I would venture to guess guess that I am the only one laying that out for you today. I didn't hear it on any of the mainstream financial networks or the mainstream media this morning. 
And that was starting in America at about 4 o'clock this morning, 3.30, 4 o'clock. Nothing, didn't hear anything about it. So um, somebody's got to report it, so that would be me. So the Federal Reserve um, puts this out every three years and will continue to do so. And if they look at the median household income, uh, the median household income went up 5%. To 58600 That's before taxes and adjusted for inflation. The rise in income came because of the economy's growth of 2.5% on average each year. Uh, unemployment rate fell dramatically. So data suggests that households were relatively solid financial footing headed in to the corona pandemic. Let's try to remember that if we can by the way, the economy is still thriving even today. Katie Farmer, who uh, I really like, I don't know if any of you have had a chance, she is the CEO. Well, no, she is not. She will be the CEO on January 1st of BNSF Railway. She's the first woman to ever be a, a CEO of a rail company. She's worked for them for 28 years. And I'll tell you, uh, she... she is really amazing and very, very encouraging to hear her speak. And it has been for me for the last year or so. Um, she has come out and said that the, uh, it is clearly, the railway industry has clearly been impacted by the economy um, in a positive way prior to the coronavirus. And it has been now impacted in a negative way by the corona pandemic. But the optimism is on the horizon. We have seen, I'm quoting now, we have seen the economy start to pick up relative to rail loadings. Remember, I told you just this earlier this week or last week that uh, tonnages have been up. And she says we're headed to 200,000 units now a week. Um, and that is uh, a very, very busy railroad. She explains, 2018 uh, headed over 200,000 units uh, for a 41 week, uh, 41 times uh, that year. So uh, we're fast forwarding to 2020 and we expect to have that kind of impact uh, once again very quickly. So that is very, very good news. Let me go to uh, Mark. Mark calling us from Arkansas. Hey, Mark. Hi, how are you doing, Dan? I'm good. Thanks, Mark. I'd, I'd like to talk to you this morning because uh, I'm a fan of your show. Let me just say that ahead of the time because I, I really recognize the truth that gets put out from your show, and I really enjoy that. But I wanted to see if I could comfort you in, in proxy pro- comfort myself because this debate um, seems to really have you upset <laughs> as, well, uh, as, as well as the election. Um I guess what I would ask you, and this is a truth that it's kind of come to me as, as, a, as a little bit of comfort, is uh, God willing, Trump wins. But I also believe that if Biden wins, it's because God allowed it. And, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. And I, that's the only comfort that I can get from the whole thing and uh, as, as upset yeah. as it makes me because I'm having to swallow back my my own fear of it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, like I say, uh, it, that's a truth that has kind of been yeah. that does comfort me a little bit because I, I, I worry that the die is cast and that, uh, 
you know, Trump beating Hillary was such a miracle that they plugged all the holes, Mm -hmm. if you will. And I worry that the cheating process is just, it's just killed our, they try so hard to kill our constitution. It's just so, it's getting obvious. It's disgusting and nobody's minds get changed at all. But uh, God bless you, sir. Thank you. Keep up the good work and uh, I'm going to keep listening. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Mark, I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that is an encouragement for everybody listening. And, you know, that it's also uh, a wonderful thing. I mean, we know that um, God has given dominion of this world to the uh, demonic forces of this world. And we know that. And um, so we should take comfort even in uh, a Biden win in the sense that God, we know no matter what God is in, God is ultimately in control and that maybe this is part of the plan and we are moving a little bit close to how the story ends and we all know how the story ends. And if that is the case, um, uh, we won't be here much longer and that is such a blessing. I believe that with all my heart. And uh, I, uh, it, 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 I shudder to think what it will be like here for, uh, you know, that seven years. I, I shudder to think what it might, be, what it might look like and obviously, uh, we think of young people and children, and there will be uh, thousands of people, even during that seven-year period, that will come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But look, um, we know it's all in God's hand, and we take great comfort from that. Here's my thing, and I'm not, I don't get, uh, I'm not stressed. I can tell you something. I lose sleep over a lot of things. I, it's just my nature. I do. This is not one of them. Uh, but I do get frustrated. I do get frustrated by it, Uh, very very frustrated. And because I do know this, that as God's people, we have got to fight for what is right. And we've got to continue to fight. And the reason why I don't say what I've just said too many times, and I'm, I'm not going to say it too often again, not because people don't need to be encouraged, but the last thing we need is people to get complacent. And I don't want to be the cause of complacency. And I get worried about that. I get worried to say, ah, it's all in God's hand. I'm going to curl up in the corner. I'll get in fetal position and I'll pray and everything will be all right. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, that's a a lot of hyperbole there, but you get the drift. We need to be fighting. God wants us to, God wants us to fight for him. He wants us to fight for the things that are right in his eyes and what he believes on. We need to fight We need to pick up the sword of the Bible, the sword of the Word of God. We need to pick that up. We need to stand firmly upon it, and we need to use it and fight for an America that was built upon that exact foundation and that was built and blessed by the hand of God. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. Great deal. God bless. We'll be right back. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. So all the indices are on the flat line right now, not a big deal. Uh, Russell 2000, which I said was up almost 2%, is down now. I mean, everything, it looks like we're going to have some volatility. Volatility index is not, it is going up, but it's about where it was yesterday. So uh, not, not a lot of changes there. I, I'll tell you what the problem is. I just don't think there's a lot of buy. I don't think there's a lot of traders. I think people are just sitting. I think this, it may be the whole week. 
maybe like this. I mean, I think people are just sitting this one out, so to speak, today, you know, uh, just not not a lot of uh, volume, not a lot of activity, not a lot to be excited about, even though we did get some. We have gotten some, some uh, good news, uh, such as what I just read, that the, Fed, the report the Federal Reserve put out. Also, housing prices up again. Uh, housing prices up. I forget the number, but I think it's about 2.5%. Maybe it was more than that. Was it 5%? Could have been. But housing prices up uh, significantly. Uh, housing prices are not going to go up uh, just because lumber prices are going up. Is that, is that entering into it? It sure is. But remember, if buyers, if buyers particularly start to slow down coming in and there's inventory on the market, uh, you will see big home builders begin to uh, suck it up and re- and keep prices, whole prices alone, even and and take up the uh, cost of the additional lumber or whatever cost they might have. Uh, they've been uh, doing very very well. They can afford to do it, and they will do it uh, to keep some momentum in the buying public and to make sure inventories. Um, or make sure they don't start having inventories, uh, particularly in any kind of abundance. So uh, I would say that uh, buyers are still coming in. It's still a very strong buyer's uh, uh, seller's market, and that's why prices are up. Let me go to Nick in Florida. Hi, Nick. Hey, Dan. Um, I've got a question for you. I recently received a um, very large, basically almost annual max into my uh, employer um, uh, funded, you know, not match, but um, profit sharing. Okay. Um, and yeah. so right before that happened, I went and changed my allocation into the, uh, a, a cash um, position, not for what I already had invested. It's a small, it's a relatively new portfolio, but just because I didn't want, you know, 50 K going into one um, index fund or target date fund all at one time. Uh-huh. Um First time it's ever happened, it's a great problem to have. I just wanted your opinion about maybe staggering that into um, the portfolio, taking it out of that. I think it's in a money market. Because um, usually it's just, you know, a small percentage every month, not all at once. Yeah, yeah. How, how so old I think I did how, the right thing. How old are you, Mark? 34. Nick, 34. Yeah, I would definitely start putting that in. I wouldn't even hesitate. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Perfect. Yeah. You need to spread that out and start getting in. Good time. This is an opportune time for you to build your diversification, you know. Um, but that's, I would definitely do it. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Nick. I, yep. appreci- I appreciate your partnership. Sure. Yep. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110. Um, we are, I am running out of here right after this hour. I wanted to open up and just kind of give us an update as to what is happening. I have my annual, which is 18 months now because of COVID, but my annual um, very intensive workup um, at uh, Temple Lung Center here for my, see what, see how things have progressed. Um, the prayer, of course, is that they haven't progressed. So we, uh, we're doing that. I've had all my preliminary stuff. Now I do um, some other kind of uh, testing that I get to, I've got to do there in person. So it is a, uh, it's a three, three and a half hour process. So I wanted to get a jump on it. So I'm, 
Uh, I have an 11 o'clock appointment, which is a little bit tight for me to get to where I got to go, but um, we're going to have pre-records for you, so we're not going to be getting to any more phone calls. I apologize for that, but I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I'll give you an update on the website, at least to our partners, and maybe give you an update. Um, But I I feel really good, and I think it's going to be all good news. I sure hope so. Um, You know, what is done is done, but we're just watching to see if the progression of it is uh, hopefully slowed to a stop. So um, we'll we'll see how that that goes. So I'll let you know. Anyway, um, Nasdaq turned positive. The small caps turned negative. The everything's still flatlined, even the ones that are positive. So we're not seeing uh, a whole lot of changes. Uh, we are watching oil, and oil is down 39.75. It's down over two percent. Brent crude oil is also down. Uh, close to 2%. Nat gas right now, this is a commodity now I'm talking about, is down, are you listening? 7%. I've got two, well, I've got two Nat gas stocks um, that I was, I've been really watching closely for three weeks. Three weeks ago, I came very close to putting them on the buy list. And, um, I just, I just didn't feel that it was the right time, even though every single thing that, that I used, 21 analytics, were all saying it's the right time. And even some of my behavioral kinds of things were indicating and saying that it was the right time. So, um, but I, uh, as it would be, uh, just had a little bit of a check and said, you know what, I'm going to let these sit and watch these a little while longer. Ooh. Last week, I was a little annoyed that I did. This week, I'm very excited that I did. So we're down 7% today in, in the commodity there, which Im- would impact uh, those particular stocks. Still watching them. They're probably, uh, I would think that they're still very likely to show up here on my buy list in the coming weeks. We'll see. So we'll watch that closely. By the way, folks, if you are a partner, I hope you will continue to be a partner. I hope you will weigh in. Uh, and uh, continue to work to build your portfolio. If you can support this ministry, maybe you're not a a partner, but you're learning and you're appreciating uh, some of the stances that we are taking. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I probably don't have to tell you, but I'll tell you anyway, uh, we are in a uh, battle, yes, here for America, and I am in a battle for... um, over the ministry, and it is, man, are we getting clobbered. We're, we're just, I, I mean, uh, I always take a great deal of joy sometimes in some of the emails and some of the things I, I get, but it's interesting. Uh, I got a phone call this morning at 5.30 from a, a good friend of mine on Capitol Hill who said uh, my name was being used in vain yesterday in the senatorial office building, and I said, that is, I said, I said to this person, I said, that is awesome that my name is um, being used in vain, so to speak. He said, well, be careful now of what you're wishing for. I said, I, I don't care. You know, it's a good thing. I knew and I understood what was happening there and why that was happening. But uh, what, what it was that was so um, 
great for me, as I explained to this person, is so many people getting engaged. So many listeners and viewers getting engaged. And uh, it was, it was real. It's, it's really a good thing. And it's very exciting. You know, I have a friend, uh, um, I, I'll consider him a friend uh, at Charisma Media, Steve Strang, president, CEO, who uh, just made, uh, made some wonderful comments about our ministry and what we're doing. And as a matter of fact, he's even recorded it, uh, some comments for me in a little, a little piece uh, because he appreciates our listeners, not, not necessarily appreciates me, but appreciates the listeners and our body, the body of believers uh, that are our followers. And uh, I am so grateful for those kinds of things. And, you know, we have a very powerful, powerful army. And I, I think yesterday we used some of that, um, some of our ammunition. We showed some of the power yesterday. And that is what makes change. That is what makes change. It's sad to say, but it's what makes change. The attacks that we are under as a ministry makes change. It makes change because it makes people it makes people stand up and listen to what we have to say. Oh, I'm just one person and I'm one voice that has obviously a lot of opinions. But I think if you listen long enough, you will come to understand that my opinions are grounded in the word of God. I believe that the Holy Spirit moves through this place, this building, the spirit uh, is in this studio. I believe that with all my heart. Um, we look at some of the great work that we've done this week that you won't see for another six months maybe uh, in, in just some of the things that we have done. As you know, we're shooting a number of different things for TV and other things. We just had an amazing uh, week. Not this week. I'm sorry, last week. Had an amazing week last week. And uh, God is working through us in a powerful way. I'm not sure why. Uh, it is not because... Uh, uh, I deserve it by any stretch of the imagination. But it's because we have a megaphone, I believe, that we are not afraid to use for the kingdom. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, we're not going to back down. We have no reason to. We're standing firmly on the rock of our salvation. We're standing firmly on the rock of the foundation of this country. So we're in pretty uh, strong territory. All right, folks, I hope you enjoy the rest of the program. Stay with us. Two more hours left. God bless. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.